Good day, good night, and welcome to the All Elite Review Show. I'm Kevin Laramie, joined by Jason Hagholm. As always, Jason, how you doing tonight? I am doing quite well, Kevin. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well, getting ready for a big, big weekend in the world of sports. Of course, uh, my bread and butter is soccer, and I'm uh, it's the finals on Saturday, but on, on Sunday, I mean, on Saturday, it's the first pay-per-view of AEW since AEW Dynamite has launched. So after the big launch of AEW Dynamite, we're expecting a big pay-per-view, and tonight was the go-home show for Full Gear this Saturday. Yep, big pay-per-view to see uh, how everything's gone for this one month we've had of AEW Dynamite uh, on TNT and TSN here in Canada. Uh, you know, thought they ended with, you know, a typical way that they would end with everyone that's in a big match on the pay-per-view getting involved. But, you know, I think they've done a solid job making the matches that are on this pay-per-view feel important and you know, it all depends now. Are people going to be interested in purchasing the pay-per-view on, you know, over the air or whether it's through Fight TV, what have you? Uh, real, real interested to see what comes up this Saturday. It's been a long time since the actual pay-per-view buys have been used as a metrics to define the popularity and the success of a wrestling show. Since the WWE Network has been in existence, has been, what, five years now? A bit, bit more than that. So pay-per-view numbers have not been a metrics that was determined like the most of the most important in a company, AEW, the way they run things. It is a very important number. And tonight was the go-home show. And at the end of the show, we can discuss to say if if it actually raised our level of anticipation for the pay-per-view on Saturday. And by the way, uh, we, we've talked about this. We're probably going to be doing this on Saturday night. But uh, we'll talk about this tonight. Bojangles Coliseum, the old Charlotte Coliseum. Yeah, I recognize that stadium. Felt kind of good, Jason. But uh, Bojangles, yeah, it's called the Charlotte Coliseum to me. Well, I mean, maybe a better name than Bojangles. But uh, you know what? Charlotte obviously has such a great history of professional wrestling from the days of the Crockett's to, you know, uh, the NWA, WCW, uh, and now with AEW running there, obviously WWF slash E had some good houses drawn there as well. But yes, definitely AEW making their debut in Charlotte and this crowd, once again, a great crowd. But this to me felt like the best crowd yeah. that AEW has been in front of uh, since the launch of Dynamite. A homecoming for Cody Rhodes, and we'll get to his homecoming, to his big announcement. And I like the fact that two weeks ago it was it was teased that he was going to make his announcement, and we had the whole fight and the luxury box spilling out in the concourse area, which was fantastic. I have to say once again, and I love the fact that this announcement was delayed to happen in his hometown. We'll get there, but before the opening match tonight. The bastard himself, Pack versus one half of the best friends, Trent Seven. And yes, this match was interesting. The final was a bit botched, or at least it had a feeling it was. And uh, the crowd did not feel satisfied after the submission TKO, I guess, sleeper hold type of move from Pack. 
Yeah, absolutely. This to me was a really good match. And I thought, you know, we talked about last week how there was lack of singles matches on AEW, but it seems to be the trend right now after this tag team tournament's done is they'll start to show off with a solid singles match and Pac being the uh, big one in, in this match as well. Trent getting his first singles match in AEW, and I thought these two really uh, had themselves a, a real good match, good back-and-forth competitive match. Went on a little longer than I thought it would, but yeah, the finish was weird where... We saw Pac go uh, up to the top rope, uh, went up for the Brutalizer, or excuse me, he used his uh, top rope finish, the Black Arrow, and we thought we had the three count, because they did cut to the crowd for crowd reactions, but it was just a two. I don't know if Bryce Remsburg really messed up somewhere in this, but it definitely, as you said, felt like a huge botch, and then we got, it went straight into the Brutalizer, but really kind of took away from this finish. Like, he could have easily just used the black arrow to beat Trent. Like, Trent's someone that you could pin with that move, and you should be able to pin anyone with that move. But Trent in particular here, and it, it just came off a little bit weird for what was a really good match. And, you know, I, I just don't know what happened there, but it took away from the match they had. I agree totally with what you're saying, and also you remind me, and I don't know how to explain it another way, so I'll use this analogy. The threshold of how you're pinned and how a, game, how a match finishes on regular TV is quite high, right? It takes the guys, not only their first finisher, but oftentimes their second, before you put someone to the caliber of Trent Seven away, if you're Pac. What is it going to take when you're facing Handman Page on Saturday? And that what scares me a little, to what level are they going to bring the violence on Saturday? Just because it's something that is like almost a trend now in AEW. If we go later on in the match uh, that I have on my notes here, the, the Shauna-Rio match versus um, Hater and uh, Amy. It was like the, the level that it takes for to get a pin is, is quite high. Same for the Cutler and Sean Spears match. At one point, I was like, pin him now. But no. So uh, it leaves me a bit worried for Saturday to, to hope that everyone comes out of it whole and, and not injured. Then, after this victory, of course, by Pac, uh, we did have a, a few teas during the match itself that really got you excited, uh, Jason. Orange Cassidy versus Pac. That could be fun in the near future. Yeah, when they had their little standoff on the outside of the ring, that was fun. But, of course, it's not a match involving the best friends without Orange Cassidy getting those uh, those kicks without much uh, mustard on them. More the taps than uh, the kicks. And then, you know, how he does it, the couple kicks to the shin and then... Uh, Builds himself up for sweet shin music, but Pac wasn't here for that. But no. I totally agree. It would be a fun to ha see those two have a match. But I guess you can't get in that type of realm right now with Pac. He's, he's still a serious character and about to have a, an important match and a rematch with his biggest rival to date so far in AEW heading into a pay-per-view. So maybe down the road we could see it, but I could definitely see those two having a fun match. Yeah, and we'll get there at the end of the show when we uh, look at the matches for the pay-per-view on Saturday. I have a feeling if if Hangman Page comes out of this, the victory 
or even pack. Maybe there'll be some title implications in the near future for the winner of that match. Now, Cody comes out, great entrance, great pop in North Carolina, homecoming of the boy born in Charlotte, North Carolina, a dusty road country, which means a Cody Road country. The American Nightmare making his debut at AEW in his hometown, coming to the ring to talk to this Chiavone himself, Tony, Tony Schiavone in the ring. He mentioned off the start of his allocution, yes, this is the birthplace of Cody Rhodes. And then Cody takes the mic and takes us on a journey, a great journey, an emotional roller coaster that really got me close to being teared up, I have to say, Jason. Mentioning Cowboy Bill Watts, Dusty Rhodes, Titans in this industry. All yes. used, used yes. to be an executive also, and he says... Yeah, me too, and I have been criticized. So if I lose on Saturday, I will never, ever go after the AEW championship again. Yeah, I don't know if we needed to have this stipulation. Like, it almost feels like Cody has to win the title, or I don't know. I mean, obviously, him being the baby face where. You know, somehow, some way, they'll allow Cody to come back and get a title shot down the road. But other than the stipulation, which I don't know if we really needed it to um, for a match that was easily, I think, the one I was looking forward to the most on this show. And I feel it was the same way for others. But, man, Co- uh, Cody Rhodes went out and cut such a promo that was so reminiscent of the days of the Crockett promotions of his father, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, just out here basically going off the cuff saying, you know, how, you know, Jericho called Cody, you know, having a silver spoon in his mouth. And Cody was like, yeah, well, how about you? You were the son of a former NHL player in Ted Irvin. I feel like we have the same type of background growing up and, you know, called Chris Jericho a dick and he's gonna you know he's gonna beat Chris Jericho in front of his mother his sister his wife it's for all that he's gonna have him and the fan base eat the inner circle alive like such a great promo like Cody was getting worked up even got emotional himself cutting this promo so that's how you know this was the real deal he was into everything that he was saying like this to me is what pro wrestling has missed just someone bringing out raw honest emotion and the fans just eating it up the fans had every word Cody said in the palm of their hands they were eating it up Cody was just a star out there guiding the fans on this journey as you mentioned the only people that can cut promos like that are Rhodes's and he just lives up to anything and everything that his father was able to do back in the you know the late 70s and throughout the 1980s I don't like to to reminisce and to bring this up all the time, especially here on the A All Elite Review Show. I don't like to bring the past and WWE and the whole bad narrative and creative. But Jesus, effing Jesus, fucking Christ! We can swear on this show. We're allowed to. Jason, this was Stardust. Can you imagine? Can you? freaking imagine some people thought that this was the ceiling this guy could do is be a character to be a ripoff as his brother's character and that's the best we could do with him and then look at him now wow what 
a journey he has taken us when you look back from 15 years ago from undesirable to ungoddamn deniable that's quite a journey yeah that was also a pretty good line in the promo but yeah i mean i know we don't want to talk about uh, wwe too much on this but you know as you said like they thought there was a certain level of where he could be uh he tried out another character that never even really made air just one vignette aired kind of like uh you know, a high roller playboy type with Brandy involved. But yes, they he wanted to try something like this, felt he could be big league for WWE. They felt no, and just look at him, prove all the doubters wrong. And once again, proves if you bet on yourself, sure, there's going to be those moments you question if it's going to work or not. But if you bet on yourself nine times out of ten, Good things happen. You see it here with Cody. You've seen it in pro sports with Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors. Countless uh, boxers, MMA fighters, athletes around the world. This just shows bet on yourself and good things will happen. Absolutely. In life, you got to believe in yourself. And if you do so, good things will come your way. What comes next was not necessarily a good thing because Dark Order was on my television once again. I'm not a fan of the Dark Order. I do not get it. Get off my TV. I have go-away heat. Looking at Dark Order, I don't know about you, but for me, this was a missable part of this show. Versus Private Party. Of course, Private Party had some nice little new gear. Colors are black and gold heading into the pay-per-view. But for me, is the fact that it took Private Party almost, what, 15 minutes to dispatch Dark Order? This went way too long and did not make Private Party look strong enough, in my mind, heading into the AEW World Tag Team Championship three-way dance on Saturday. I was disappointed, Jason, by the lack of shine that the Private Party did get after this match. I don't know. I disagree because there was the stipulation where they needed a third team to now be in this tag team championship match as we knew SCU was going to be there because they're the champions. We knew the Lucha Bros were going to be there because they were the runners up in this tag team tournament. So we needed a third team to be the bronze medalists here. And I think you had to have a competitive back and forth style match. You needed to have both teams lay it all out, hit the big moves when they needed to, use their tandem offense to work out. And I think you needed to have that style of match. And I think they went with the right team in private party. This is a team that's really connected with the fans over the past few weeks. You know, especially, you know, they get the win and the opening match of this of the tag tournament over the Young Bucks. They have a, a killer match against the Lucha Bros as well. I think Private Party is the right team. I like the Dark Order. I think there's some things that really are going to work out for them in this company. Like there's, there's still a lot of faith put in them and how deep this tag division is. But I think the thing that happened to the Dark Order was all the momentum that AEW's had building them up got put on hold while we waited for AEW Dynamite to debut at the beginning of October when this was a team that was, you know, doing quite well for themselves in July and August. And you have that one-month layoff that, you know, can change everything in the world of wrestling. Wrestling's a week-by-week, day-by-day type of business, and you are on hold for one month. A lot of the fans lost interest, and, you know, they couldn't get on TV until, you know, episode, what, four or five of of AEW Dynamite right now. So I think 
They have to find a program that works for them. This is a solid team, but seeing them lose here, you wonder if they're just going to be the good hand type of a team instead of somewhere with long longevity. I think there's some uniqueness they can do with this team, but they need to win the fans' trust back in some way. Yeah, no, of course, and they need to win me back. That's what I'm waiting for, because right now I'm not sold on the Dark Order. For me, the Dark Order is... A missed order, just like when you go to the fast food restaurant and they forget your damn freaking fries. That's how I so, feel about this order. So what's your more issue here with the dark order? Because, I mean, I've seen them in, in person. I think this is a very well-run team, and, you know, they put on great matches every time I see them. But just what do you think is missing for them now here in the mainstream in AEW? I guess it's Eva Luno that, I don't know, for some reason, it he rubs me the wrong way. I don't know, the, the mask itself, the the. The, the darkness aspect. Ooh, we're scary. We got a couple of guys that are not that are smaller than us, dressed in black, tight little shiny things with masks on their faces. I guess I guess I just don't get it. For me, is I don't know. Come up with with, with something a little background. I, I don't don't have the background. I've been watching this since AEW Dynamite, so I'm a bit Lehman in the history of Dark Order. So I guess haven't been exposed to their background story yet okay i mean fair enough there's some teams that could use that and that's i guess also why you have AEW dark that is uploaded to youtube every tuesday so there could be some more storytelling of you know why they they have these these minions and stuff i i could see that yeah sure like if i would see in the creation I, i'm not saying pull off a a mankind jr interview to to show me who the Dark Order is, but, but a little something maybe to, to get me caught up. But one thing I can get behind, and I do understand, is parody. And what was coming up next was one of the greatest parody I've seen in a long, long time. A spoof of their own video, frame for frame, almost shot for shot. It was amazing. I was laughing all the way through. When Soul Train Jones appeared on my television, Jason, I marked out, laughed out loud. My wife was wondering what was going on, trying to tell her that there's meat sauce on my television. She doesn't (laughs) understand. This was awesome. This was fantastic because when it started, you thought, are they going to try to make like Jericho a baby face with how this was was done and then it just was total comedy shtick at the highest <laughs> level whether it was you know sammy Guevara uh, in it santana uh, ortiz uh patricia bobsky oh my god she Chris, was the mvp Chris's aunt's friend from church <laughs> fantastic but re- of course i rewinded yeah. it three times jason just to re- reread the Kara the chirons to make sure i get everything all the info about patricia the, bobsky the highlight of the video was soul train jones aka <laughs> virgil for those who don't know uh came on and said that chris jericho's talents are like the breadsticks at the olive garden unlimited Unlimited. unbelievable line of the year this was so good and of course (laughs) every time they tried to get something from jake hager it was just him nothing mugging in front of the camera just there standing looking dead fan right in the middle of the camera oh when sammy giver was like yeah chris jericho's a legend he's the youngest aew champion in history i lost him there too 
that was good. And then, of course, Jericho, when he dropped his a little bit of the bubbly, like you could hear the audience in the background watching it just pop so much for this line. Like, in the bathtub, drinking yeah. bubbly. Yeah, that was so good. Like, this was fantastic. And like a real surprise for this show. Like, I wasn't expecting to see this type of a video. Oh, the way they promoted the show. it. Sorry, just I was gonna say uh, the way Tony promoted it. He's like, "This is a video from the Inner Circle. We have not seen it. We have no idea what it is about." That, that, oh, I didn't go. hear that. That's yeah. fantastic, just Tony Giovanni. Just, just to lay the the grassroots work, right? Just to say, look, they made a video. They're responsible for it. We're not responsible for it. Jay Hager. Did you know that his nickname is the Big Hurt? Oh, that's awesome. The Big Hurt, Jake Hager, just there, not talking, not saying anything. And then you see Jericho sparring in the gray sea gym. Oh, Lord, that was beautiful. It's this video for those who haven't seen it. If you would like to see it, uh, the AEW on TNT account on Twitter uh, tweeted out the whole video that you can definitely Go out of your way and make sure you do see because I don't think anyone was expecting this type of a video to come out for how this match has been laid out to see this parody of Cody Rhodes's video that we talked about in, in loving ways a couple weeks ago on this show. But this to me was the best thing put out by AEW oh. in its short run. It was beautiful. Jericho even mentioned like, yeah, Cody's going to have a lot in his mind and a lot of meetings and production meeting. Me too, you know, it's not easy to find the best bubbly in Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And, of course, the the, Uh, the sighting of Virgil was also uh, pretty great. I hope we see meat sauce again. Love to get me some meat sauce. And now, again, I'm hungry. Emi Sakura and Jamie Hayter versus Shauna and Riho. I love this match. We did talk a little bit about the, the amount of tag team matches in AEW Dynamite recently, it's, it is a lot. I have to say it's a lot of tag team matches, and this did feel similar to the main event in a little bit. Not the end of the main event, for sure, and all the shenanigans that happen after. But this did feel familiar, and at the end did feel familiar. You have singles superstar that are going to have their pay-per-view matches on Saturday. In this case, Riho versus M.I. Sakura for the AEW Women's Championship. Riho, the protege of Amy Sakura. And of course, this played into the finish. Beautiful match. Hardly worked. Shana had a lot of shine in this one. Shana will be la championne before long. She will be great. And uh, rarely we see a French superstar Bravo, beau travail, I'm happy about it. And uh, I love this match, Jason, to finish the execution of the magistral um, cradle was beautiful. It was. I did think for kind of a match where, you know, this women's division has players in it, but it isn't, I don't think, at the level where uh, people in AEW or even the fans thought it would be at. Thought this match did go a bit long, but... I mean, we talked about this before. Tag matches, way too many. But this one, I'll give the pass on because your point was to have Emi Sakura pin Riho in this match to really solidify, like, hey, the the challengers pinned the champion here in a non-title type of match as this one being a tag. You know, this could happen on Saturday night. I was fine with that. And as well, 
good for Shanna. Like she just came out of the 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 debut last week out of the blue, had a real good showing. Now has been signed to AEW, and once again, you know, second time out, excellent showing in AEW. Get has a nice following behind her. Uh, fans are getting into her. But yeah, this was all about you know Emi Sakura versus Riho, which should be an, a real good match for the AEW Women's Championship. Though this division uh, still feels like uh, a lot of growing pains are going through it. Yeah, it's the beginning of a division, right? And we are seeing it differently. What I do like is, and it's the same for the men too, it's not all the same shape and sizes. You have a little bit of everything for everyone. And I think that's important to have different athletes. And we have the Brandy Rhodes. And I, I went over it. I, don't, I guess I didn't have a lot of notes on it. But the Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong type of promo video, hype video. Who who was she talking to? That, that's what I was trying to figure out, Jason. I was like, who is Brandy Rhodes talking to? Is she, she's talking to us? Is she talking to her opponents? Who's the opponent again? Is she is it Britt Baker? I, I was confused. I was trying to figure out, is it freaking blood in that glass? I don't know. That's what she wants us to think. I was confused a little bit. Then uh, I glanced over. I guess that's why, because I was so confused. Well, there was, I, I think I even tweeted this out, there was more clarity on this video, basically that with Awesome Kong's body and Brandy's mind, like this women's division, they can easily take it over. And, you know, of course she said she's not a bimbo and asked, you know, who the bullies are now, what have you. But still, some questions need to be answered. I guess we'll find out down the road with these. Nonetheless, was put here kind of randomly, but... A much better video than last week where we kind of have a direction of what we think's going on with these two. Uh, maybe they'll make an appearance at the pay-per-view in, in some way. Yeah, that would make sense. I guess they're vignettes, so they're supposed to make us wonder and think. Brendan Cutler was already in the ring and Chairman Sean Spears appeared on the stage with no music. Telly Blanchard appeared wearing a shirt that says no more garbage wrestling Sean Spears versus Brendan Cutler was an okay match I guess uh, for me a bit unforgettable you had the the run-in after the match when Sean Spears decided to uh, take some liberties on Brendan Cutler Joey Janela came in for the save building up for a Joey Janela Sean Spears match and I don't know if it's been announced but I wouldn't be surprised if this match appears on the pre-show of the AEW Full Gear pay-per-view on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised at that, but I really hope not because this is a program that just getting started. You really don't want to have a one-on-one -on -one match, I don't think, right away. Maybe a match uh, next week or something on AEW Dynamite or what have you. But this, to me, was a match where we're really putting the pieces back together on the Sean Spears character where, you know, he came into AEW in that big program with Cody, loses that, and then comes out kind of really out of nowhere in that match with John Moxley on the second episode of Dynamite. And you're like, where is this character going? So now we have to hit the reset button a little bit, rebuild them. Had a match on AEW Dark just this past Tuesday where he got a win over Michael Nakazawa and now a win over Brandon Cutler. A simple squash match can do wonders in professional wrestling in 2019, still like it did in professional wrestling in 1989. I think Sean Spears is off uh, on a much better course right now. And I am interested in this program 
with Joey Janela. Like it seems like they're just making Sean Spears kind of be that old school vet kind of mind hitman to be, take out these quote unquote garbage wrestlers like Joey Janela. Yeah, uh, I'm. I agree. Maybe we will see more of that build up for this program of Sean Spears, the self-proclaimed chairman of AEW. And Still the best entrance in AEW. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm. I was just. I'm just thrown off by the lack of music. I guess. I guess that's the only thing I'm used to it. So I guess I have to get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> then there was a Kenny Omega John Moxley hype video, which was beautiful. I do like this angle. And I think it's going to be necessary. For some reason, Kenny Omega has not been a highlight for me in AEW so far since the beginning of Dynamite. He's been just a character, not a shining character. And there's going to be some building up before Kenny Omega can be considered a contender for me for the AEW Championship. He has not been portrayed that way so far in Dynamite. So there's going to be a big, important, for me, sequel to this not necessarily against John Moxley but you'll need to continue and to build up Kenny Omega because he needs to be one of your big superstars for sure and he needs to be one of the faces of this company and so far I'm surprised by the lack of Kenny Omega as a superstar but John Moxley yeah John Moxley is different than everybody else in this company he feels different he feels unhinged but in a way that is portrayed and not just mentioned and that's the big difference i love myself some john moxley right now uh jason i mean john Moxley's going to be a, a big star here always was going to be a, a strong star in this company when you have such a solid run as he had in wwe coming over and a lot of buzz was around him now you know with the you know he's off the chains that uh, WWE had strapped strapped to him those past couple years and you know coming into AEW is going to be huge had a nice little summer run with his time in New Japan and now he's back here in AEW and they they've built this match up well where they've done you know that one angle to kick off Dynamite with the the brainbusters through the glass table this is now the main event for the Full Gear pay per view. And, you know, Moxie's going to be a big star as we talked – as we just – as I just said. But, you know, Omega is, I think, still going to be a superstar. This is a program that I think really where the match comes out of and the result, what happens, will be a big tail into that. I don't – like the thing for me is like I think Moxley and Jericho will get to have a program that they really want to have that they couldn't have uh, back in the – uh, world wrestling entertainment or especially like this wouldn't be a feud build over a plant being broken this would be a feud <laughs> over a championship say, we're not going to see mitch we're not going to see mitch the plant here no we will not be seeing mitch the plant but they will be planting the seeds in a solid program if it is moxley potentially jericho as the next challenger but and it's like omega jericho we've seen so much but they still have great matches and i think omega is still a guy that is going to break through like his talents to deniable. He cuts great promos as well. Like he cut in this hype package, uh, basically saying like, uh, you know, he's happy. Like he's basically was saying that, you know, Moxley's out here upset that it's a lights out match. He's like, really, John, you thought you were going to chain wrestle me? Like, he, you know, he comes off, you know, confident and a little bit cocky as yeah. well. So I think that's good for this character. Like you don't know how to take him and 
Um, I think we're still trying to figure out that video from last week, but uh, maybe that's a direction with Omega. Nonetheless, Omega, I think is I'm totally fine, and I think he'll be okay in this promotion. He's a, a, a big player in AEW. Apparently, we shouldn't take too much of consideration for that video last week. It was made for his Halloween costume, basically, and the story that we did see in it, yes, it did involve like a... a a clue or an Easter egg to Kota Ibushi and New Japan, but it was all made in just for a little video like this. And there's probably not going to be anything coming out of it if if you want to uh, to trust Matt Jackson because he did come out earlier this week saying, "No, no, there's not going to be any New Japan and AEW partnership or working I, relationship right now." So I yes. don't believe that for a minute, but. You got to say what you got to say right now. Exactly. If you want to keep a surprise for a pay-per-view or for down the road, you never know. It could happen. Well, we're only a few weeks away, really, when you think about it, for a brand new year. And Tokyo Dome is, uh, with uh, Tokyo Dome being announced that Chris Jericho will wrestle uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, you'd have to think there's going to be some involvement with AEW and New Japan uh, once 2020 uh, it becomes to fruition. Yeah, I I seem to be inclined to think so too. Main event: Angman Page and Kenny Omega versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Quick, interesting note: Chris Jericho is five and zero in AEW, and I'm surprised by the amount of time we've seen Chris Jericho wrestle on television. It's probably going to be different in the near future, but uh, they're hiding him in tag team matches, and that's great. You don't want to overexpose Le Champion on regular television. This was a match that had a purpose, and that purpose was to bring you to the end of the match and to bring you to Pac coming in and kicking in the balls, Hangman Page 2, MJF making a save on the, the, the ramp that was great with a chair and you had more Moxley coming down and the Moxley and Kenny Omega tease and at the end the Bucks saving everyone and then you had the, the great dive off the top of the entrance tunnel no it was of course shenanigans at the end all to set up the pay-per-view yep pretty much just to set up the pay-per-view uh, we know that the inner circle members, uh, Guevara, Jericho, win this match, but was totally just to set up the pay-per-view where you had Cody hit the ring and, you know, Jericho and the big hurt Jake Hager hit the, uh, you know, try to run away. And then we saw MJF with the steel chair play the difference maker. And then it was pride and power in uh, Santana and Ortiz and the Young Bucks and, you know, then uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley stuff was interrupted, and then they got their revenge on the Santana and Ortiz. Like, you know, just old school kind of chaos type thing. Like, this one didn't feel as impactful as the first couple weeks of AEW with the, the wild chaos at the end. And that may hurt the pay-per-view, but I think one thing that won't hurt the pay-per-view and interest in getting that is Chris Jericho tomorrow night will be on the NBA on TNT stateside. And, of course, those games are simulcast throughout uh, Canada on both TSN and or Sportsnet. So that's, I think, good for the promotion as well. And, you know, you said Jericho, you're surprised how much matches we've seen him. Look, AEW knows Chris Jericho is really the biggest name to a lot of these 
casual fans that you're trying to draw in. you got to put him out there in main events each and every week. It's been a lot of tags, sure, but he did have that really fun uh, world title match against Darby Allen a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, that's where we end the show off, and now we are set on our way to Baltimore at the Royal Farms Arena for AEW's Full Gear pay-per-view this Saturday night. I guess the only thing that I'm a bit disappointed, okay, it's maybe a strong word, but I'll use it, is the lack of mystery heading into Saturday. I would like something to happen that'll bring me to like, oh, well, will somebody join and I'm not expecting on Saturday? Is there a new member of the inner circle coming? I know it might be early and this storyline might come down the road where a new member of the inner circle, heck, I'm I'm not going to say a spoiler of what I think might happen, but heck, someone who's been teased a few times of, turning and not turning maybe he's gonna turn eventually and turn in a circle and join the inner circle who knows he likes to wear scarves sometimes but yeah i don't know maybe i was expecting a bit more of a tease or maybe something happening that would live us leave us in a cliffhanger i guess that's what i'm missing jason the cliffhanger at the end of the go home show yeah there's no cliffhanger but i think they're trusting in the talent here and what they're gonna the talent's gonna do to make the product seem really relevant and i i'm i'm fine with that i think more the cliffhanger would come on the pay-per-view to maybe get you to watch uh, the follow-up after uh, their first pay-per-view since tv's been launched uh, for the next week of dynamite so i think that's where we would maybe go with that but i think all in all when you look at this show it's a really good wrestling show um but yeah, there does seem to be something, some momentum that's kind of dragged uh, coming into this this last week before the pay-per-view. Yeah, um, yep, and the pay-per-view is this Saturday, and here is the lineup for the pay-per-view on Saturday. Let's take a look at the matches that we will be uh, watching on Saturday, Jason. SCU, SoCal United, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky versus the Lucha Brothers, which is Pentagon, and Phoenix, Ray Phoenix versus the Private Party. Uh, this is going to be an interesting match on Saturday, probably the opener of the pay-per-view. Yeah, definitely probably the opener. Uh, I mean, there are some other like non-title singles matches, but, you know, when you think about it, you want to set the ma- the crowd off hot. That's the one I would say that could do it when you look at this card. Or maybe, you know, the other tag match on this card uh, with the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. That could as well. But just the Young Bucks feel like they need a couple more matches down the line. But, you know, I'm excited for this. Uh, you know, Lucha Bros and uh, Private Party had themselves an excellent match in the tag tournament. SoCal Uncensored, I think, is a team that's really been exciting uh, in AEW, especially the the rise here of Scorpio Sky. The tag titles are on the line. Three teams that could put on excellent matches. Some innovative spots should be in this match. So uh, this, I think, will be really fun. Should be a fun one. And again, Riho, the champion, versus Emi Sakura. The mentor of Riho, one of the teachers that Riho did have in her career when she started when she was nine freaking years old. This singles match for the AEW World Championship in the women's division. Yeah, and I think this will be really good. Obviously, I, I mean, prediction-wise, expecting Riho 
to retain. I mean, there's just something about her that the fans have really gotten behind. Like, yes, she's incredibly talented, but the fans just buy into her, whether it's, you know, her size, her her look where she looks, you know, as young as she is and just puts on these these high level quality matches. Uh, I expect this to be this should be really fun, especially with how well these two know each other, as you mentioned, with uh, Emi Sakura training Riho. Uh, should be real a real good match, and I think you know this one would probably come on earlier as well. Another match in the books for Saturday: Bea Priestley versus Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker needs to be built up with an important victory. Of course, she had her her homecoming in Britsburg a couple of weeks ago. This one against Bea Priestley. Do you think this is going to be the blow-off match of this burgeoning, burgeoning feud, or is this more a match to just continue this feud heading into maybe the next quarter of the year? I would assume this would end the feud that these two have, have been having, this weird kind of off-again, off on-again kind of feud. Like, doesn't even really feel that much of a feud anymore i mean Britt baker is obviously someone that this promotion is uh getting behind and you would figure either she's a back in a championship contender match or maybe one brandy and awesome kong somehow some way are involved at the end of this match and just looking right now this one i believe will be the pre-show match on the card that would make a lot of sense now, going into uh, the the important match in this pay-per-view, I do believe we're going to see these ones in the following order. Adam Page, Hangman Page versus the Bastard Pack, followed by the Young Bucks and Santana Ortiz, Pride and Prejudice, Power and Pride, what is it? I don't know, but uh, Adam Page and Pac will be probably in the middle of this pay-per-view, just probably after the women's match of the championship if I was booking this pay-per-view. Well, I think we've, we know what we're getting here with Adam Page and Pac. These two had a really good uh, match back at the, uh, not the all-out pay-per-view, excuse me, as Page was in the championship match, but these two have had a solid match on Dynamite, I believe, where Pac got his win back. These two do have a solid rivalry going on right now. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it because Pac's being built up as this solid heel character that only, you know, plays by his rules and does what he wants. Where there's Paige, who, you know, had a lot of fire in a babyface promo uh, last week after a victory over Sammy Guevara. And, you know, one of the best young prospects that is in professional wrestling right now is Adam Page. So I'm excited to see what we can get out of these two. How do they up the stakes from. You know, two matches already, one out in an independent promotion in England and the other one on AEW Dynamite. So there's a standard that these two know that they have to go above. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Santana and Ortiz. An important tag team match. I don't know if the winners of this match will get an opportunity at the titles down the road. They're not the number one or number two contenders. But they're obviously very important team in this division. Maybe even more than the title. Maybe having the chance to face the Bucks is the actual tag team title in AEW. And Santana and Ortiz will be the first one to face the Bucks in the AEW Dynamite pay-per-view era. 
Well, this will be, I think, a real important match. We've only seen Santana and Ortiz pretty much in just a squash match on AEW Dynamite. I mean, Santana and Ortiz were a big team to be signed. showed up and debuted at the AEW All Out pay-per-view at the end of August, coming over from Impact Wrestling, where they were, of course, LAX and one of the best teams in the business and still are one of the best teams in the business. And to my knowledge, this is the first time the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz have had a match. So, you know, these two teams will put on some insane back and forth action, some insane double team moves. Santana and Ortiz are definitely not afraid to use their body to entertain the fans as well. So I think we're going to see ourselves one of the better tag matches uh, of the year and maybe one of the matches of the night. The AEW Championship match, and there's a stipulation now. If Cody loses, he will not challenge for the AEW World Championship ever again. Chris Jericho, Le Champion, versus Cody, not Rhodes. Well, this one's... The match has obviously had the most prominence in being built up on AEW TV. I think we're all excited for it. They've done some really good uh, builds, some good promos, especially Cody's promo on tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite that we already talked about. Really should entertain people into watching. I think people are excited to see these two have a match where they never touched in WWE. They're going to have a match that... Uh, it normally would be cut, you know, really short. Time would be uh, prohibiting them, but this is the main event. You know they're going to go at least, you know, 30 to 45 minutes here. And I'm just excited to see what story they tell, what comes out of it. This is the one where there is some sort of intrigue in how do you – who's going to win this one and how do you get there, what happens, especially with the stipulation now if Cody loses, he'll never challenge for the AW Championship again. As I said before, maybe a little too soon to put this one on, but nonetheless, that's where we are right now, and we'll make everything in this mat in this pay per view uh, for the main for the for the title, I should say, seem important. As we did mention that Moxley and Omega is the main event of this full gear pay per view. Oftentimes in the history of wrestling, watching other promotions back in the day. When you had a non-sanctioned match, it just looked like a regular match. You had a referee. The referee had a patch or a t-shirt of the wrestling company. So you're like, it's unsanctioned, but why is there a WWE referee there? Jason, I hope that we see some interesting production here. I hope someone comes out after the Chris Jericho and Cody match. Take off the ring skirts and put blank ones. Take out all the logos on the ramps around it. Make sure there's no logos left on the barricades. This is a non-sanctioned match. You should not see the AEW logo. I hope they find creative ways to make this non-sanctioned match feel like a non-sanctioned match and not an AEW pay-per-view match. Well, I don't know if they'll do that. Obviously, you want to still have the branding and all that for this match, but I think these two will have a, a, you know, John Moxley's going to lay his body out there. He's going to take something insane. They've been teasing week in and week out when these two have been face-to-face with each other that someone's getting hit with a barbed wire baseball bat and (laughs) someone's getting hit with a barbed wire broom. So expect that to happen. I expect a big glass table spot at some point as that was the first inkling of these two uh, getting their feud reignited since the injury to Moxley. 
Uh, you know, and, and for Omega as well, they've been establishing himself that he can go the route of these hardcore matches, had a pretty solid hardcore match a couple weeks ago on AEW Dark against Joey Janela. So, I mean, I think the real question is, how will the fans be into this one after the title match? And, like, is that going to hurt this match? Are they going to be too blown up? after ways because i think these two definitely should be in a prominent position but i was like really expecting these two to be co-main but now with that being in the main event and this you know lights out stipulation i expect this one to see some crazy stuff i expect to see crazy stuff too john moxley kenny omega are going to leave i think a lot of blood in the ring or wherever this match takes place it's going to go in the crowd if there's one thing we've seen already twice with those two, is them battling around the crowds. So yeah, it's going to happen. There's going to be, like you say, furniture being broken, a bat and a broom wrapped in barbed wire, probably used. It will be a very interesting way to finish a pay-per-view, I believe. Yeah, do you think that this match of John Moxley and Kenny Omega should be the main event of this pay-per-view? No. But yes, I think I, I'm a, I agree with you. I The only reason why it's there is because I think they're going to push the fact that it's non-sanctioned. And I'm not saying the, the logo aspect joke that I made. I'm not saying this off the top of my head. I think that's the thinking they're going behind. If you're not going to sanction a match, like, okay, we're going to give you the environment. You can use our ring. You can use the setup here. But it's going to happen after our main event. It's going to happen after our show and you finish your show with a title match so after the title match we'll 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 take away the skirts which i imagine is going to happen i don't think they'll take off the barricade to be quite fair but i wouldn't be surprised if they put blank skirt and they just had one already underneath they just switch them quickly and uh, you got yourself an unsanctioned match so i'm not surprised and i think that's why it's after and that's why it's the main event but technically, they said, no, no, the main event is the championship match. It's just, it's after because it's unsanctioned. I think that's their their thinking behind it. I think one of the things as well is there was all this uproar after the last AEW pay-per-view of All Out that the Cody-Sean Spears match should have been the main event for how into the uh, the card uh, they were for that match as opposed to Chris Jericho versus, you know, a really good wrestler in Hangman Adam Page, but no one really knows him on that level. And, of course, you didn't have TV to help build up Hangman Page. You had to rely on your YouTube series and, and things of that nature. But I don't know. I feel like I think we would have been okay if Moxley and Omega was co-main. And I think with all the TV, all the time you've built in and the star power in that match of Cody and Jericho in an area that's a big, you know, NWA area of Baltimore, Maryland. Like, I think this should be... uh, Jericho Omega for the AEW title should be the main event. I mean, I always feel title matches, championship matches should be the main event no matter what. Uh, I mean, maybe not all the time I should say that, unless there's a certain match that's definitely got a lot more buzz. And I don't think Omega Moxley has that much more buzz. No. Maybe back in the summer, okay, but we're not at that point anymore. And I feel like Jericho Omega just – Jericho and uh, Cody Rhodes, excuse me, has all the buzz, all the intrigue, and I think they're going to put on just a good old classic excellent wrestling match. 
So the other, the only other reason that I can believe is AEW will probably want to leave their fans on a high note going home, which means babyface going over, which means Omega might win against Moxley. But that also means that Cody's not winning against Jericho and didn't want the pay-per-view to finish with the pain maker drinking some bubbly on television, which I guess is a great way to finish it. I don't get it. That's how I would finish my pay-per-view. The pain maker, Chris Jericho himself, le champion with a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah, I don't know. Like That one is the one match where I definitely think... You know, you were just saying there wasn't much of an intrigue or hook. This is the one with the hook, especially with the stipulation. We're only a month in on TV, and then if you had Cody lose and he can't ever challenge for the title, uh, I think that puts a lot of intrigue into this match. I mean, it's wrestling, never say never, but I think that does add a lot of the intrigue in. I just think this is going to be like a, you know, I'm not going to say it could maybe. I think it has the potential, but... Like a Flair Dusty Rhodes type match, or you know, a Magnum TA Ric Flair style of a match. Like Jericho's never been considered one of like a Flair type worker, but for this company right now, I mean, he's he is and touching Cody and having a match for the first time, I think that's a huge sell, and I think that should definitely be saved for last. I agree, but I don't think it's what we're going to get. I think it's No, Kenny. it's not. I mean, they've exactly. already announced it's it's Omega Moxley. Unless something happens, right? And we'll see. That could be the case, too. Maybe the unsanctioned match actually takes place before. And maybe it'll take place the entirety of the pay-per-view and they'll cut and go back to it. That could be an idea, too, but I don't think so. Or maybe we will get surprises. Who knows? We'll know more Saturday, Jason. Yeah, we will. And as well, uh, AEW did announce that after Dynamite, they were putting up on their YouTube channel the countdown to full gear. So after I'm done recording this with you, Kevin, I'm going to check that out to see how they, you know, get their last chance to get that, you know, UFC countdown, that MMA level, big fight feel uh, type of uh, uh, buzz for this show that maybe we didn't get totally tonight at the end of Dynamite. But that's a different element. And I think, you know, from the production stuff we've seen, uh, they've been top-notch with AEW. Oh, yeah. The videos they made, just like the spoof of today's video or the Cody one a few weeks ago. It's top level. It does have a countdown feel to it. And they actually made a countdown. I'll go watch that on YouTube also after this show. As always, you can follow Jason on social media at jhagholm1. You can follow myself at Kev Laramie and follow this show at All Elite Review live every Wednesday after All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on TNT. And also, after Saturday, we'll be here Saturday night after AEW Full Gear on our Twitter at All Elite Review. Make sure that if you like what we do, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash sports podcasting network. A lot more will be coming your way. The $5 tier will become a VIP tier. And when you become a VIP, you'll have one more extra All Elite Review show a week that I'll take care of interviews mostly and more sports coverage as a whole on the sports podcasting network premium feed available at patreon.com slash sports podcasting network but as always for jason i'm kevin until next time enjoy your wrestling